The word multimedia is the use of a variety of artistic or communicative media using more than one medium of expression or communication. Café is a type of establishment that serves coffee and is known as a place where information can be exchanged. The following is the audio version of the Multimedia Café. And a happy Wednesday, February 27th to you folks. Boy, we're almost done with the month. My name is Jason Spies. Welcome to the Multimedia Café. How the heck are you folks doing today? Boy, what a gorgeous day it is out today. Well, at least it is in my world. I've got some snow going on in my world, but you know what? It's gorgeous here inside, and I'm enjoying myself here on this Multimedia Cafe. 27th, we're almost done with the month. We're getting into March, so the positive thinking is already happening. Multimedia Cafe, let me give you an idea what it is. We like to talk about a lot of different topics because you know what? You never know who you're going to run into here at the Multimedia Cafe. And you never know what we're going to talk about because it's cafe talk. Of course, we have the word multimedia in there, meaning that we embrace the different forms of the multimedia. Phone, Skype, Facebook Watch, all kinds of face-to-face. Imagine that, sitting down with someone. All kinds of different ways to interact with people today. So we take our liberty and do that and bring you a nice conversation 60 minutes of a conversation here at the Multimedia Cafe. And we've got a great program in store for you today. Andy from Kids and Capitalism sits down with real estate icon Eric Hatch. Now, Eric Hatch has been endorsed by Barbara Corcoran from Shark Tank, ABC's Shark Tank. I think he's ranked in the top 65 realtors in the United States. He's got a coaching business as well. He's uh, just a terrific entrepreneur, does so much for the community. Believes in the helping of people, business, and he's reinvented the real estate market. So great interview coming up. Andy with Kids and Capitalism sits down with real estate icon Eric Hatch. See, you never know who you're going to run into here at the Multimedia Cafe. Then David Williams, CEO of Missouri River Resources, talks about energy empowerment on on the reservation, the MHA Nation is approaching energy development, education, and innovation out in the Bakken oil fields. And what we talk about is how they're trying to create a company from engineers to secretaries to geologists to CEOs that are all Native American, top to bottom. So they're going through this education process, getting their staff, getting their people educated in the world of energy development, community development, engineering, so so forth. And this is going to empower them. You know, I mean, we're talking mineral rights here. We're talking oil money. This is generational wealth. It's a good thing. So great conversation coming up a little bit later on with David Williams here on the Multimedia Cafe. All right. Take a quick break. We come back. Andy with Kids in Capitalism and real estate icon Eric Hatch right here on the Multimedia Cafe. Well, the holds the power of the eye. Jason Speece, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. I totally agree with you, and the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts, 
and then you will let people make up their own minds. If you want someone who's competent, you don't want to get a bunch of rookies. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this? No one does an interview like Jason Spies. Meridian Energy Group of Belfield, North Dakota, is building the most technologically advanced oil refinery on the planet, the Davis Refinery, a project designed to achieve emission control levels the industry has never seen before. The Davis Refinery, working for North Dakota. MeridianEnergyGroupInc.com. I'm Andrew Tazarek, Fargo South student. My name's Eric Hatch. I'm the owner and a realtor with Hatch Realty. Um... So I guess I could start off and ask you about uh, what you've been involved with, with the radio business. Great. Uh, So radio has been a passion of mine for a long time. It was something I always wanted to do growing up. Uh, I love the power of the airwaves and connecting with people. And then I'm also not the prettiest person on the planet. So being on the radio is always a great chance for me to to shine without uh, people seeing the shine from my forehead, right? And so getting involved and engaged like that was always really fun. But three years ago or so, uh, I decided to, to take on my own radio show. Uh, I sell real estate as a profession, and it was always a really nice connecting point. Uh, I, I had a chance to educate people, and I had a chance to fill them in on what's happening with the market. But it was a chance to build a relationship with people, too. Uh, the audience that tunes in uh, almost gets to know me intimately. They find out about my personality a little bit. And for somebody who's trying to build a business, it really has played in well. What are some of the main things you focus on and what you talk about on your radio broadcast? Great. Uh, so my radio show airs Sunday mornings uh, in Fargo on a station called KFGO 790. It's AM Talk. The, the main topic of our show is I always want to feature someone uh, who's an expert. It may be a mayor from a community. It may be somebody who's like a home inspector or somebody who builds houses, uh, maybe somebody who's an interior decorator. But we want to focus on somebody who's an expert to make the show educational. Then I, of course, want to feature uh, different things that are happening in the business, ways that we can help our listeners succeed if they're uh, needing to negotiate on contracts, if they're trying to stage their house to get ready. We always try to provide some educational tips. And then there's always a couple little secrets that we try to throw out there for people. So if they are interested in getting into the business, we want it to be a hook for them to hopefully come and work with us. So we we throw out a couple of uh, little nibblers for them. Mm -hmm. And I heard you were involved with Shark Tank. Could you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, so uh, Shark Tank is a show on ABC, and it's uh, venture capitalists who are interested in uh, investing in people. And the one who has the real estate experience is a gal named Barbara Corcoran. And she is uh, out of New York City and took a $1,000 loan, I believe, and turned it into a multi-million dollar real estate company. Sold it for $66 million. Uh, And so that's something else and, and really special. And she's decided now to get behind a number of us across the country. Uh, So she uh, has said, Eric, I like your business and I want to choose to support it. And so I have an endorsement from Barbara Conkren, which is really great. And so on top of that, uh, I have a TV commercial with her and lots of media things that I can use to share. Uh, But Barbara is this really eclectic woman who is nationally known. I'd probably say she's the number two real estate tycoon in the United States after Donald Trump. So to have an endorsement like that uh, has really brought some nice validity to our business. But I also got to meet a new friend, too, and that's always great. She is is hilarious, and she is quick-witted, but she is sharp. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, so some of the things you do, I've heard that 
you've been doing them actually since you were young. Could you tell me a little bit about uh, some of the things you did as a youth? Yeah, I, I've been, and I never named it as an entrepreneur when I was younger. Uh, I was a kid who was always hungry uh, to change my stars. I didn't grow up with a lot of wealth or a lot of opportunity, uh, but I had people who always believed in me. And that was the most important thing that I could have. And so from having somebody who believed in me, I had the opportunity to have uh, Kool-Aid stands and lemonade stands. And I always had this idea. I said, well, if we give away a Twizzler while we sell a glass of lemonade or Kool-Aid, we're probably going to get more people to come. And it's an add-on and it's a bonus. And I kept trying to find angles and ways in which I could grow a better business. And so for me, as a young person, it was always about building something uh, different than the standard model. Uh, most kids have a lemonade stand every once in a while. But for me, I was drawn to how can I make this the most profitable, visible lemonade stand out there. And so since then, uh, I went to NDSU in Fargo and got a great education, had a chance to build a couple of nonprofit movements that happened, uh, ways for young people to give back. And then I went and I worked at a church for eight years doing youth ministry, connecting with kids. And, and in that, I again got to be an entrepreneur and I built movements and things that helped people give back. And again, it was all because of who believed in me. If you don't have a great support group around you, you're never going to succeed. Uh, it, it, it may be somebody saying, way to go, Eric, on something like that. But truth be told is when they say, way to go, Eric, I get a chance to say it's because of these people who believed in me and gave me a chance in the first place that we really have succeeded. So uh, the, the thing I'm most proud of of building is something called Homeless and Hungry. It's a movement uh, for young people in the Fargo-Moorhead area. Mm-hmm. And we ask them to camp out in cardboard boxes for 30 hours in October. Uh, they don't get a toothbrush. They don't get a pillow. They only get the clothes on their back, no cell phones. I mean, it's, it's to the bare bones. Uh, we also do fundraisers with that. They fast and go without food for 30 hours. And then they, uh, when they finish all of it, they, they hang out with and, and work alongside people who are actually homeless and people who are hungry on a given day. So this is meant to be a, a thing to empower young people so that they say, I know what it felt like, even for a day, to be homeless or to be hungry. And we think that that changes from sympathy to empathy. And when that happens, we think there's a miraculous change that will hopefully happen in the hearts of those people. Uh, but through this movement, uh, this is year 10 right now, uh, it'll surpass the million-dollar mark for dollars raised. So we're really excited about the difference that it's made in this community. So going back on that, uh, do you think a lot of young people tend to be apathetic? <laughs> uh, apathy is, is one of those words uh, that I don't know if I understood uh, when I was younger. I just didn't care very much. You know? uh-huh. <laughs> and turns out that's what it is, is it's not caring very much. And so that's a, that's a brilliant question that you pose. Uh, I do think that a lot of young people are apathetic and, and that they don't have much interest in the things outside of their very own small sphere and their very own small world. Uh, if you can break the heart of someone and if you can introduce them to a new world and a new life, uh, I think changing from apathy to sympathy to empathy or whatever that transition may be is one of the most influential and important things that we can do for young people. On a Monday night, record songs on Tuesday, and on Wednesday we take out the wife. But then on Thursday night, it's back on the road. I don't care if it's North Dakota or Southern Minnesota, just as long as I grow. Welcome back to the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spees. Thank you, folks, for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation here at the Multimedia Cafe, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. Coming up next, we have David Williams, CEO of Missouri River Resources, talking about the MHA Nation and energy empowerment on the reservation. So let's start with um, 
what you talked about, and then also, you know, Missouri River resources as well. well I think, well, em Emily Assad did a piece on us back in September. You know, um, we had made the front page of the Bismarck Tribune, you know, getting a permit to drill four wells. You know, so that was, that's been out there now for six months, and uh, we accomplished what we were going to do. You know, and, and she called me up and asked me to speak, you know, just give her kind of a follow-up on her report. And then, mm -hmm. But uh, she said, mention other people who are really, you know, kind of curious what the tribe's doing, you know, in the oil and gas sector, you know, up to this point. You know, and I was glad to, you know, transfer the information, you know, that we've drilled four wells successfully, uh, IPing at each one over 2,500 barrels a day, you know, and... Uh, you know that was that was a positive step for the tribe and for the company. When when was the um, first barrel? I guess uh, on, on your timeline in history, uh, do you remember the date or anything? June twenty seventh. This year. Yep. June twenty seventh, two thousand and fifteen. Correct. Your and the name of, name of the tribe is um, the three affiliated tribes, which is the Mandan, Hidatsa, Arikara Nation. Yep. And um, that that's history, man. Right. Oh. This is big time. And that's what I put in our, yep, that's what I put in our, we've never been an operator in the history of our tribe. So let, let, let me put the, throw this your way then. Yeah. I just did a story on the um, Dakota Prairie Refinery. Yes. The first refinery built in the United States in 40 years, right? Greenfield Refinery. Yes. Big deal. Let's talk about your big deal because it's, it's a big, it's nice that we have these giant, and I say giant as a, Let's bring it down because really it's bigger than giant um, symbols coming out of the state. First one is that North Dakota is the recipient of the first Greenfield refinery in 40 years in the United States. Yep. The second is David Williams, Missouri River Resources, Newtown, North Dakota. <laughs> Isn't that right? That yep. would be the same. I mean, the three yeah. affiliated tribes. Right. Um, but just talk to me a little bit about what this truly does mean to you guys and well, what this can provide. Well, you know what? I started out in the oil field when I was young. I, I, I loved, you know, I was playing college football, and, you know, in the summer I would go work on a workover rig, you know, just to make money. And one fall I just decided not to go back, you know, and, and, and just continue working in the oil business because of the money. Um, and then after, you know, it kind of dissipated in 91. Of course, 86, it hit $8 a barrel, but I kept working for Chevron. And uh, 91, I decided to move back home. I was going to transfer, but uh, it was pretty tough back then. Jobs were pretty tight. So I went back into education and teaching. Mm -hmm. And uh, the reason I say I went back, because originally when I was going to college, I, I loved coaching, I loved sports. So I ended up coaching for another, you know, and teaching for the next 12 years, 13 years, baseball, football. Um, when this came back, I said, the, the I guess the what's the word I'm looking the empathy in me having coached the youth knowing that when they graduate that I would give them I, I, I teach life lessons before I teach X's and O's mm -hmm. and this is you know you go to work you get up you go to work you, you know you take care of your family you know some I had a couple 18 year old guys that were dads that were just lost you know living with their mom you know going what do I do so there's a heartfelt, pres uh, heartfelt issue among among a lot of people there, 
that I'm just one of them, you know, that, that wants to con- give back to the community. And, and to me, this is the best way so that I could show them that, yeah, you can do this type of work, but it, 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 it's hard, but it, it'll take care of your family, mm-hmm. you know. And, and rather than, you know, make excuses, you know, for why you can't go to college or make excuses for why your life the way it is, you know, I've, I've heard many of them, you know, in the coaching realm. Um, this is where, you, as, a, as a young individual, 18, 19, 20 years old, you can take the bull by the horns and, and, and create your own destiny. And, and that's why, you know, as I mentioned there, we're creating a workforce development program called the Native American Petroleum Academy, along with what we're doing. Showing the, the younger generation, and, and you know, as an, a guy approaching 60, you know, it, it, there's a responsibility among older people to tell younger people, you know, if they'll listen, you know, this is, you know, this is an opportunity here for the next 20, 30 years. You don't have to leave Newtown. Okay, before maybe you know, yeah, you know, if you, you know, there's a lot of things out there, and people, you know, like I did, we went out and made a living, you know, out there for 20 years, but. Um, to me, it was just creating an opportunity for our kids and their kids rather than just sitting, you know, saying it's okay to, you know, take a royalty and don't worry about work or, you know, things like that. And I've and, and I, I seen that problem arise a lot, you know, while I was coaching. And so I'm, I don't know, I, it's something inside me just made me do this. So you guys are creating um, really a for lack of better terms, a, a Native American-centric oil industry. Yes, and that, that, that's kind of the, that's, that's, that's kind of, that, that is the goal. I, I, I guess when I was first starting this um, and, and talking with, whether it be industry or, or people creating the business plan, I would always make, jokingly make a comment that this is, I have a dream speech, mm-hmm. you know, um, and, and, and that was the thing because um, I realized how big it was in 2008, you know, how much oil was out there. Yeah. And as a tribe, we were just leasing it out, you know, and that was okay with everybody, but personally not for me. So I knew I had to do something. Um, and now that we're here and created, I guess, credibility among my people, among the council and the tribe, you know, to me the sky's the limit. You know, mm-hmm. you know. I, I even commented today that, you know, if, if anybody out there wants to sell, let us know too. You know, prior a year ago, we we weren't in the. You know, I mean, Kodiak would go. You know, Kodiak left, and Peak Oil left, and w, uh, WPX bought out uh, Energy. You know, Halcon bought out uh, Petro Hunt. You know. We're not in that conversation, right? But now we are, you know. So, um, how, how does the um, leaders amongst the tribes react to this new momentum? Well, I don't know. They, they haven't really commented on it. Um, I did report, you know, what we're doing, and everybody knows. Um, I, I think they're overall. I mean, if, I don't know if they're happy. But um, I think they're satisfied mm-hmm. because of the investment. That, that, that's always huge. When, when the tribe, you know, invests this type of money, you know, and, and we still have, you know, education issues, health issues, road, you know, infrastructure, yeah. you know, there's a lot on my shoulders going, okay, you got you to do this right. 
and a lot of responsibility. But, you know, growing up, you know, in the oil field, growing up coaching among kids, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a, a, a part of me that, that is, you know, very responsible to, to what I do in, in my work, um, probably inherited by my, my mother, you know, um, she worked 30 years for the Bureau of Indian Affairs. So there's that, that type of ethic that, that resonates, you know, with, with myself and my brother. Um, you know, we always used to laugh in the oil business, you know, the, the old saying is, get her done. Mm-hmm. You know, 40 below, get her done. Two, you know, 120 degrees up. You know, just do it. Get, get the work done, then you can go home, you know. So I'm, I'm a big proponent of, you know, working hard and, you know, being on time and being responsible and, being ethical and all of that, so it's worked out. So the um, um, oh man, I lost my train of thought there. Where's I going with this? Mr. David Williams, ask you to hold that thought for just a moment. We're going to take a quick break. We come back. We're going to continue the conversation with David Williams, the CEO of Missouri River Resources. My name is Jason Spees, and this is the Multimedia Cafe. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. I totally agree with you, and the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts, and then you let people make up their own minds. If you want someone who's competent, you don't want to get a bunch of rookies. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this? No one does an interview like Jason Spies. Welcome back to Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation here at the Multimedia Cafe, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. Coming up next, we continue the conversation with David Williams, the CEO of Missouri River Resources, talking about energy empowerment on the reservation. Okay, so last time we spoke, um, we we discussed some of the um, um, BLM, Bureau of Indian Affairs, red tape. Um, I think the first time I interviewed you, it took almost a year for you guys to get a permit, whereas it would take a private business, uh, a landowner, a week. Right. You know, and those numbers are obviously flexible, but just for the sheer dynamic of it. Um, now that you're drilling and extracting and producing, is there any BLM, uh, Bureau of uh, Indian Affairs, dis- Discrepancies, uh, comparisons, where you know, do you understand what I mean? Yep. Oh, now, yeah. now that you, now that you've got it out of the oil, out of the ground, yep. I mean, yep. how how much red tape is involved now? Well, yeah. that the average American company doesn't have put up with. No, and, and that's a good question. Um, first, uh, there is a issue, there was an issue of red tape. You know, um, I think um, 
even Senator Dorgan tried to fix it, but it, it, it all came down to to manpower. Uh, that what we realized, you know, they were swamped. Um, they weren't used to working in a in a high level uh, pressure situation, and sometimes it would just be overwhelming for those workers. Um, and now that we're doing what we do, and going back to your question. Um, Knowing the people in the BIA, and you know, they, they, they help. You know, we, we, we did we did get our well permitted uh, faster than we would have two years ago. Um, but um, it does help knowing the people, and you know, uh, it, it gives us a little advantage among other people because uh, uh, you know, if if I know somebody who's in cultural preservation that I grew up with, you know, he say, hey, this is for the people. You know, not that he wouldn't do it otherwise. It was just that. Uh, you know, we we get put in the front of the line uh, mm-hmm. on certain instances. Not all, but you know, um, I still I still wait a long time in uh, tribal council meetings. I'm still not there yet, but uh, you know, uh, it, it's 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 more comparable than it was. I, I, I think the BIA and, and the BLM have realized that they they've been a hindrance, and, and it's been publicly brought out. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and they understand. But I don't know, you know, it's almost like talking to Congress, too. What do you, if they don't want to do something at an expedient time, nobody's going to stop them. Mm-hmm. You know, they, or nobody's going to make them, you know, go faster. Well, it's the opposite of get her done. It's 5 o'clock. Yeah. I mean, honestly. That, no, really, yeah. And I'm being totally honest here, yeah. is that the philosophy of get her done, which means it doesn't matter how long or how quick, versus... Well, eight to five. Yep, we'll see you Monday. <laughs> I, I and as a person in the media, I'm actually quite—I was quite surprised. Like, um, I had—I do a lot of fact checking. Okay, so there will be times where I'll send uh, a portion of a story to somebody ahead of time if I don't have a recorded interview or something because mm-hmm. I don't want to mess up their quotes. I'm not in the get people in yep. trouble business. Um, well, that's a relief. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually had people say. It's four o'clock now. Um, you know, I, I won't be able to get this to you till tomorrow because I'm out of here at four thirty. And I'm thinking, okay, that's a government job. Okay, yep. I got it. You know, and in my mind has never worked like that. Yeah. And and the get her done philosophy yep. has never worked like that. And so um, this is interesting. I, I I noticed that become a lot more prevalent with the younger generation that works for those agencies. I don't know if you see that or not, but well, I, I, I guess in, in point that I guess that's the that's part of the process, you know. As we grow up as adults, and, and, and you know, we look back and you know, we remember how we were when we were a kid and what our parents told us to do, you know. And you know, a lot of times it involved a shovel and a you know, <laughs> something outside, you know. So um, nowadays, you know, technology has has you know lent itself that. It's not all about physical work, you know. They, there's more that can be done on a computer mm-hmm. than there could be done, you know, you know, outside, you know, uh, with 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 tools. So it, it's a different generation, and, and I, I talked about this in Washington D.C. I gave a presentation, the new millennial worker, you know, and and what do they want? They, you know, they whether they want it now or they want, you know, and, and we have to almost as a previous coach, you almost have to adjust. To that mentality, in a sense, um, I used to get reminded, "Oh, he, Dave, you're just old school." 
you know. And I'm sure when I was 19, I told some coach, oh, you're just old school. You know, so, so that as a, an adult, we have to be smarter than the, than the 18-year-old. Even though he's you know, maybe gifted or maybe he don't want to, you know, do the physical work. There's a way to get it around it now. It's maybe it's harder than people think. Uh, for me, sometimes I, you know, I have a teenager that's 16. You know, I, I won't raise my voice. I'll just use psychology. You know, and eventually, you know, she ends up doing her job, what she's supposed to do. And um, so I, I got hands-on experience with the new millennial worker. Um, and and it's it's you know, again, we adjust. Now sometimes, you know. I don't know how many ways you can say take out the trash, but, you know, that, that part has to be done, mm-hmm. too. So they, te- they understand the value of hard work. And, and I think that's why I love the oil field so much, because you, you, can't, you can't go out there and, 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 and just stand around. There's, you know, and if they want that CEO job or you want that job, either go to school, go back to college, get your degree, and there's your, you know, office job. But other than that, this is what you got to do. Um, and uh, I think there's a lot of explanation. You know, coaching, it's easy. If I was a coach, it's, I could sit there for an hour and explain things because I have patience. Um, other people who don't have patience, you know, if you're working with kids, you almost need to grow some because, it's, it, you know, that's the way it is. Or if you're in a relationship. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> You got to grow more than patience if yeah, you're in a relationship. No. Well, I've been married 17 years, so I I I, I know when to listen. <laughs> Ain't that the truth, though? Yep. Oh boy, I tell you. Well, what do you want uh, readers, listeners, everything to know about um, what you guys are, what your message, mission would be, and just kind of what people should look forward to? What you guys have coming down the pipe? Well, we. You know, if, if I was go, if I was to go back six years and, and, and you know look at what I really envisioned, you know, and, and, and we we have this mission statement, and we had our vision when we created the business plan, you know, is to is to really maximize our revenue from from this natural resource, you know, um, you know, I mean, guys, I mean, there's a lot of people that are very wealthy up there with just the royalties. You know, the tribe, you know, gets the taxes and the royalties. And that's good, too. Um, I just want younger kids to know that if you throw some, throw some, throw your back into it, in, in your mind, in your heart, that you can get a way lot more done than just sitting there and watching. And, and, and that, that, you know, there's a difference between taking out the trash when it's, 80 above and when it's 60 below mm-hmm. and if you don't mind doing it when it's 60 below you're going to go a long ways and I, and I think that's the lesson here is just go to work every day go to school every day you know don't make excuses why you miss and, you know why you, why you can't you know it's it's all about showing up um, I sound like a coach now but I, I was you know and, and that's younger generation you know they they want to find the, the easiest way to the to the end of the you know rainbow and it's not designed that way no it's not some have gotten there's people have been lucky but that's lucky that's blessed you know for the majority of natives and majority of people in the united states you know it starts you know seven six in the morning 
and it ends at five, six at night, maybe longer. Mm-hmm. You know, until you get her done. There. Thank you, sir. All right. I'll leave it with that one. That's a good yeah. one. And that was David Williams, the CEO of Missouri River Resources. To listen to the full-length interview or to listen to other exclusive interviews, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. The Multimedia Cafe is part of the Crude Life Media Network. Check out our social media army, our network of 350,000 followers, crudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. Click on the social media tab. My name is Jason Spies, and this is the Multimedia Cafe. Welcome back to the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spees. Thank you, folks, for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation here at the Multimedia Cafe, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. Well, I'll tell you what, coming up next, we ran into Tom Pexcamp, kind of our singer-songwriter, resident singer-songwriter here at the Multimedia Cafe. Much of the music you hear throughout the show is written and performed by Tom Pexcamp. Well, tell you what, we'll go sit down with Tom, see what he's up to, maybe he might even perform a song for us here on the Multimedia Cafe. All right, this is Tom Pexcamp with the Moody Rivers Band. Each other is abandoned, and it's it's more about just the the opportunity to, to get to share that with a live crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, I think sometimes more than um, for me, anyways. The last few years, you know, there is there's a time in my life where yeah, I needed to get paid because that's how I was completely making my living. And um, there was a time where I could I traveled, and you know, I had two three years where I was able to go maybe longer than that, um, go from town to town, and I'd stop in and say, hey, can I play a show for, you know, $25 at a meal or something like that? And, you know, back when I could get to Red Wing, Minnesota, and to Fargo and $10 worth of gas, you know, and, and you, you could do that kind of stuff and live cheap. And and uh, so it's it's nice to have that money there, but af- after, I think, getting a little bit more comfortable and not necessarily settling down, but maybe maybe becoming a little bit wiser and um and having a permanent residence um a- able to take and you know i don't need necessarily need that 25 dollars right now it's nice to have mm-hmm. for some of these musicians that that's <clears throat> all they're doing um i think if it was all i was doing i would definitely have the merchandise and i would have the the cup koozies and and i think the you know the whatever goes along with the t-shirts and, and the bottle openers but um right now it's just it's so much fun to play and, and have it as as our, our craft and our art that that's kind of enough right now Makes sense. Do you guys use social media? Um, yeah, but we're terrible at it. <laughs> You're like me. <laughs> you know, it's, there's so many things. You know, I, I think if we if we were got on top of it a little bit more, you know, when we have a show, we post it to our Facebook. 
Um, but you're not doing like Facebook live videos of your first song to entice people to be like, oh, the Moody River Band's playing down at Abercrombie. We yeah. better get down there. You know, and that's that's part of our, our learning curve. We're not I think. going anywhere different. Everyone has heard of us for years now. Yeah. So. <laughs> you know, uh, how many states have you guys played in? Because I, I always consider you guys a regional band. Um, Gosh, I mean, uh, five or six maybe. I don't know. Yeah. We, 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 took, we took a trip down to Nashville and... Um, we stopped in Kansas, New York, and Kansas, Saint Augustine. New York. Yes, yes, yeah, so. New York, yeah, Saint Augustine. Nash or Tennessee, yeah, we, and, uh, Minnesota, North Dakota, Jefferson City, Missouri, Missouri, yeah. Chicago, yeah, Chicago. Okay, wow. Okay, yeah, regional with a couple tours just to yeah play, test the waters, so to speak. Yeah. yeah. How was Nashville? Did you guys? Assign? By the way, how would you describe your band out there? I mean, because you, uh, to me, you guys have got like. Uh, uh, almost like a big band feel, you know. Yeah, I, I think we we're rooted in, I guess, roots music. I think we we're <clears throat> blues, Americana. There's country. There's, um, gosh, I mean, I think we dabble a little bit of, of everything. We have um, a horn that plays with us that adds some of that that maybe big band stuff you're, mm -hmm. you're thinking of. Um, but I mean, we're folk folk rock. I mean, I, it's always tough to pin a genre on yourself. But um, I would maybe call us like you know blues, rock and roll, Americana, somewhere in there. Mostly uh, street festivals now. Is that what? Or what, what, what's your main gig now? Do you think? Well, um, we've, we've slowed down a little bit this last year just with family stuff um, coming up and, and, and getting a handle on that. And I, I, you know, that's been more my deal and our drummers. Um, but we've we've been wanting to get back into it a little bit more. Um, but it's it's local stuff. Um, we did a few little, little kind of parking lot parties, some of the uh, the beer festivals and things like that. Um, it's a great opportunity. These breweries that are opening up all over the place have kind of become the new coffee shop. Yeah, you know um, where where people are are going to ex ex and expecting to hear music to gather to socialize. Um, instead of a cup of coffee, it's a craft beer. Well, and you guys played Hatch Hatch Realty's uh, Hatch Fest, Hatch yeah. Stock. That was that was a blast. We, uh, yeah, that was pretty fun. They had the ladies from Tiger Lily there, and can, yeah, can you cool. believe a couple thousand people just on a Friday night show up <laughs> out to Eric Hatch's parking lot? Yeah, it was it was, it was hot. It was hot. I was in Madison, Wisconsin at Pokemon Regionals for my son. He. Placed in the top eight, and he made it to Pokemon International. Wow! So yeah, he's uh, he's in the syndicate now, so to oh, speak. Geez. Yeah, yeah. But uh, otherwise, I'd have been at Hatchstock. Yeah, yeah. I, went, I went last year. Uh, Johnson Family Band yep. and Flatliners played. Yep. Yeah. Flatlands. Yep, yep. <laughs> Flatliner. <laughs> yeah, the movie or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> sorry, yeah. sorry, Alex, Bill, and, <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, whoever else is in Flatliners these days. <laughs> uh, Flatlands these days just did it again. <laughs> All right, time for a new song. What, what, what do we got next? Oh, no, uh, I was just kind of doing that. Um, what do you think? Oh. Uh, how about um, maybe picking on the devil? Or picking on the devil? What's uh, that? Come on, now. Some of our stations, the uh, Tea Party's liberal, so well, we don't want to get too much. We don't well, scare it's, them. It's it's. Uh, I got in a fight with my wife, and it wasn't like a really bad fight. And it kind of turned comical because there was a, I had a box of yarn that was from a garage sale or something, and. I like threw a ball of yarn, not at her, but just like in general. And it was just really funny because what's a ball of yarn really going to do, you know? Right. And so the cat got excited and then it was just kind of, you know, the, the fight really diffused fast. Um, then we just threw all the yarn in the box because it was, was kind of fun. Yeah. Um, and uh, so it, this line came out of that and it's picking on the devil and fighting on you. It's kind of like I'm, I'm just kind of picking on, on, on things to pick on them and you know, kind of stir in trouble where, you know, 
why and no 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 real reason but you are and sounds good to be not about you know domestic no 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 it's not biblical at all no 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 sense but all right hang on what's 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 the name of the song uh picking on the devil You'll be the whistle and I'll be the bell You'll be the wish, honey, I'll be the well You'll be the bird and I'll be the call You'll be the cannon and I'll be the ball So I'm picking on the devil Fighting with you Doing things I ain't up to I've been yelling, I've been screaming Climbing up the wall Yeah, the rain don't mind Which way it falls And it falls It falls Tom Peck's camp with the Moody River Band. All right, that's going to do it for today's program. Thank you very much for tuning in and joining us here today at the Multimedia Cafe. I'd like to thank David Williams, the CEO of Missouri River Resources. Also, 
Andy from Kids and Capitalism, Eric Hatch from Hatch Realty, and Tom Pexcamp with the Moody River Band. Thank you very much for joining us here today at the Multimedia Cafe. And thank you very much for joining us here on the radio. Those of you who have tuned in, appreciate it very much, making us part of your day. And for those of you who have downloaded or listened to us online, either via iTunes or maybe thecrudelife.com, thank you very much as well. From the staff at the Multimedia Cafe, my name is Jason Spies, asking you to savor life and enjoy the spice. Northern Time.